podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. About 30 seconds before we started this show, my wife said to me as I walked through that door, be gracious in victory. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday, the 8th of November, 2022. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. Talk to your Alexa device, and they'll tell, they'll ask for a View from the Bridge podcast, and they will... Uh, they will oblige and get on all your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, four points, 13 goals for the Giants, and more of ha- more than half of those goals were scored in a single period. Uh, we'll get to those games shortly, believe me. And uh, we have guests <laughs> galore on this show. Steve Ari meets uh, the fan agenda. The Manchester Storm head coach, Matt Ginn, will preview Friday night for us. Uh, Adam Keefe will join us to look toward a long road swing ahead for his side and I uh, will congratulate the player of the month for October before looking ahead to those two games next week against Manchester and Nottingham. Mr. McJimsey, how are you doing? Not too bad, Patrick. I'm trying to catch Joel up with my Movember here. But, um, You're looking good. He's looked like he's had a bit of a head start there, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of her there. Julie, how are you doing? Yeah, stuck in traffic uh, today, mate. Bad in Belfast. Uh, I, if for anyone else watching tonight who was trying to get out of Belfast this evening, you have my sympathies. That was not fun. That's the worst I remember in a while. Uh, Davey, as I said, a lot of people actually, you don't have my problem, mate. You don't need to hide like seven chins, so you're absolutely fine. I need that <laughs> head start. This is like a curtain uh, to, to hide all my sins, you know. There, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried Chisel. to grow a beard once. It was not a good look. So I would love to see again. that. Oh no, never again. <laughs> right, boys, let's get stuck into the weekend's games. The Belfast Giants took four points from two games, one at home, uh, sorry, one at home, one away, and one very much at home. Let's start with that away game that took place against the Glasgow clan. Let me get the stats up. It was a 4-1 win for your Belfast Giants. Matteo scored the first goal in the game uh, in the first period before four unanswered goals by your Belfast Giants, three of them in the second period. Uh, Conway, Lake and Derek Angeli with a goal. And in the fourth period, Scott Conway scored his second of the game on the power play. Uh, goalkeepers, Peyton Jones in nets for your Belfast Giants. 18 shots against, one goal against. And the other side, John Muse, 29 shots against, four goals against. Pavel Hallis, Tommy Craig were our referees for this game, Davey. Clan took the lead in the first, but um, but a strong defensive play by the, uh, by the Giants uh, let the forwards do their thing i thought that we we deserved certainly the the win and probably by the margin of victory if not more um i guess it was a pretty even first period or if you're you are probably going to show the goals like the first period oh, yeah. the first goal that the clan come up with just off a broken plate goody goes right behind the net and feeds it to sam Rupp, who has a one-timer stick snaps puck goes straight to the clan player who goes up by squares at the wah while sam's away trying to get another stick and it's, it's one nil and 
Trana, a bit like um, a, a hangover from the, the previous clan game, just breaking John Muse, just getting that one past him and, and oh, not even breaking a spurt, but just letting him know that there's school. And then you get the bit of puck luck that you talk about there. You know, Scott Conway with a shot from the blue line hits um, Ben Lake on the helmet and, and goes in. And it's obviously, and we'll go, we'll go on from there. The nice one, Angeli goes across the blue line, gets to the top of circles, and there's traffic just going across Muse and he shoots back across him. Which allows us to get that third and then the five on three. Teams have an unfortunate habit, I guess, sometimes when they take a penalty and they're under pressure in the defensive zone and they, they try to clear it and it goes over the glass. It's that horrible penalty where you get a delay yeah. a game and it puts us on the five on three. Really nice, moved up nicely around the outside, came up with a couple of opportunities before we got the one timer from Scott Conway to make it four one. And to be honest, that scoreline did not flatter us at all. No, I don't think so. I totally agree with that, Joel. Yeah, I think what uh, what Davy said about that first goal, it's one of those plays. You know, going going one nil down on the road to Glasgow as a standalone sentence maybe sounds not great, um, but you know, rubber rubber goes for a big shot, snaps the stick, Mitch Jones breaks up ice, and, and Matthew Wag gets himself in a good position at the edge of the crease. But after that, really, I think the thing that won this game for us, um, for for me anyway, as as the less than expert, um, I think our interplay in tight spaces was fantastic throughout the game. I think that we moved and passed really well, particularly in the zone. Um, and even I think that that third goal by Derek Angeli came from really good movement in the zone before he flicked it from the circle. Um, and, and it was also nice to see Peyton Jones get his redemption in the third. You know, why gets that breakaway again and, and Jones kind of turns him away. Um, but after that early scare, which was a, a hockey incident, um, I, I think we were good for the win. I think one thing needs to be pointed out more than others is the defensive play. I was quite impressed yeah. that on the road, David, that we limit them to eighteen shots in their own in their own barn. Yeah, and I think um, I do have it written down somewhere. I think we had like maybe forty five shots or something on goal. It was a, it was another one of those performances. But yeah, limit. And then when you when you take that even even further, Patty, into grade grade A chances, I think it was limited fifteen three or something in terms of like real goal scoring, grade A goal scoring opportunities. So. We have played well. We talked about it on last week's podcast. Was it last week, Mark Garshaw or so? Yeah. Yes, it was. We talked about it in last week's podcast, how, just how strong we've been defensively and, and that allows forwards to go and do their job. And, you know, we've said over many, many years, defence wins championships. You know, forwards decide by how much how much you win games, but good defence wins championships and we've got good team defence and, you know, defence, defence. But yeah, we've got good defense and um, good goaltending from both guys at the minute and, and strong defense from all five guys out on the ice, which is really, I like the buy-in from, I've talked about, you know, Ari, Butcher, Macaulay, etc. So I see, they're, they're all playing well defensively and one night they're going to get the light up the scoreboard and then I'm sure we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll come yes, to that. Yeah. One of the things, just from you, from your, from your defense comment, just reminds me of back. Let's say back in the early, early days. It's uh, one of the lads. Um, oh, I can't even remember his name. He doesn't go anymore. But uh, he went there and he refused to refer to refer to defensemen. He always called them defenders. <laughs> defenders, defenders. Just steeped in steeped in football. You know what I mean? That's he says, "Oh, is. we've got two great defenders at the back there." Say, so, well, you know. So, Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, pull up a sandbag, Paddy. I'm, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> that, that's what I'm here for. No, but Joel, you know, um, we've been into the. You know, we've had a few battles against the clan, and they, they've come strong. But, but on on um, on Friday, Friday wasn't it? Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Friday. On Friday, it just it, that wasn't the case. I think Dixon's team just weren't weren't really weren't really performing. 
Yeah, look, and you have to give the clan credit. It's been short-lived, possibly, but there, you know, it's, there's a reason that that sort of change in coach uh, upswing is a bit of a sporting trope or a cliche. You know, a, a bit of a breath of fresh air, or, or getting rid of a coach that maybe it just wasn't working with. I thought anyway, early in the season, you could tell just by the players' body language that they did not enjoy playing under uh, Malcolm Cameron, and, and there was a bit of a, an upswing in terms of their effort. They're putting more goals on the board. They got their win. Um, but look, you, you just can't put that against the kind of quality that the Belfast Giants can bring on any given night. Um, and as we've talked about in recent weeks, we've been maybe a little bit snake bitten in front of goal, but we're starting to light up now and uh, and we're starting to climb up that table and we still have games in hand. So like, to me, it's just a, a, a team that's going to be competing for championships at the end of the season coming up against a team who experienced a bit of an uplift because they got rid of their coach, but they're still, they're still way down there. They're going to be in trouble this year. The highlights from this game you can get on YouTube from our friends at Clan TV. And uh, welcome back to Craig Anderson on commentary. So we move on to the other game that took place, which was against, let me think. Oh, yes. The, huh? Cardiff Devils, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. The Cardiff Devils. Yes. A, uh, He's right. a He's right. victory from Sorry, from one... From one um, former Cardiff Devil coaching to another former Cardiff Devil coaching and neither getting a victory against the Belfast Giants. The Belfast Giants took a 9-3 victory over the Cardiff Devils at the SSE Arena in front of 5,398 fans. Um, Steve Ory opened the scoring for the Giants. We'll, he'll be our guest later in the show. Before Ryan Penny leveled things to make a 1-1. And away we go. Uh, Derek Angeli, Ory again. Goody, Ory again. Conway, Gilbert, Long, Ory again. <laughs> Makes it 9-1 before Sanford and Brody in the third. Make it 9-3 with regards to your goalkeepers. Well, for the Belfast Giants, Jackson Whistle with 33 shots against and three goals against. Uh, the other side, Ben Bounds only lasted 25 minutes. 16 shots against, four goals against. And uh, <clears> before Taron Cozen came in, 35 minutes. 19 shots against, five goals against. Not much better, to be honest with you. Tom Perring and Oliver Trustwell were your referees. Um, well, I, I would normally at this point switch to you, Joel, and start with you. But I'm actually going to switch. To, I'm going to yeah, we, we go no further here until we we'll address the Davey, and I'm, just, I'm just going to remind everybody of Davy's words. So I think that's the important bit. Somebody's going to get gubbed soon. Somebody's going to absolutely get the slipper here one of these weeks because all these guys that just aren't scoring are just, they're going to have to, their CVs tell you that they are yeah. going to score goals. So, you know, they haven't become bad players or anything. They're just not getting, we're getting opportunities. Like, see. That team, Davey, who got the slipper were the Cardiff Devils. Well, it wasn't exactly Nostradamus-like to um, come up with that prediction. We we had we that's that's one for the uh, for the students there, Joel. Um, it's people Google Nostradamus. Great, great, great book, pretty much made up, made up, but that's that's a good story. Um, like we had been playing well, we're playing strong defensively, creating tons and tons of opportunity. Absolutely loved it when I seen um, the post match match interview with Joel. When the coach talked about statistics, got a bit of a, but um, you know, and it, it's true. Statistic, got a bit statistic, of what, statistically, we were gonna, we were gonna, we were gonna gub somebody, and it happened to be a night when their goalies didn't really turn up, and we absolutely came hard out of the traps. That first goal, especially Steve Ari actually leans into the man. Kieran Long gives him we poke as well, and it's just a hopeful. Oh no, I'm going behind the red line here. I'll just dump it back in, and anything can happen. 
and like Bounty will not be happy with that'll be like one that he'll just be turn his hair out like um he needed pulled at the end of the day you know that everything that was going at him was going in and he got the first use of the hot water and Cozen didn't do much better that second period as good as, as like, does it get better as a Belfast Giants fan than that seven goal period against Cardiff at home? You know we've had one before. I was talking says the other night there. Um, he was saying on comedy didn't didn't think we'd ever had a seven goal unanswered period, but again against the Cardiff Devils a few years back under Paul Eady, we also scored seven in the second period without reply. So strong performances all over the ice, and you know good to see a lot of guys getting in the, into the goals after we talked about it last week. Scott Conway again, he loves it. it doesn't matter whether it's a, you know a one nil tight game or a ten nil blowout. Scott Conway wants to get goals and points, and he and he came up with the goods again. And I just thought we were really really strong all over the ice, and we looked like we're playing for fun. And that is, I mean, look, it's 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 their job. It's a serious business. Uh, you know, it, there's there's people there. That are paying a lot of money to come in and be entertained, but my goodness, they look like they're having a lot of fun. And for me, that's the most important thing about any sport is that you go out there and you play for fun. 20 goals in all competitions for Scott Conway, and we are on the what did I say, the 8th of November? Is that right, Davy? Is there a new, um, what's the what's the elite prospect? It's, it's the worst thing on the internet, the elite prospects uh, prediction. Joel's going to give us it. Is this the is this the the projected points? Projected. His current projection is uh, forty four goals, fifty four apples for ninety eight points on the season, which yeah, that's modest uh, enough return for Conway. And like if if Scott Conway scores, stays fit, I see no reason why he wouldn't put up. I think he had ninety eight points last year as well. Um, you know, goals. Assists. It's that projection's nonsense. Like before the weekend, Steve Ari was projected for no goals and 16 assists, and now he's down for 20 and 15, I think it is. So um Steve Ari could get 20 goals. I really, really hope he does. Um, I hope Scott Conway stays fit and he'll score an absolute bag full. But you know, let's just take one game at a time, guys. Steve Ari, like I said, is going to be our guest later in the show, Joel. And you know, for a man who we were talking about players who were snake bitten and, and maybe not finding the back of the net, well, he sort of started with a plum now. Delighted for him. Really, do you know what? Really nice kid. Maybe flies under the radar as, as one of the the best characters in that locker room. A little little softly spoken, maybe not as pronounced as some of the bigger characters that we've had. But Steve Irie is a great addition to this Belfast Giants team. You spend five minutes with him and you can feel it. Um, he really needed that. You know, you could tell he was delighted. He talked about it being his first. Uh, four goal game he'd never had that before um you could tell the coach and the boys were just buzzing for him you know it was it was a night when he announced his arrival to the elite league and showed what he could do but not only steve irie but the giant secondary scoring um you know we've, we've talked at length over the past number of weeks with slim uh score lines about you know the the, the secondary scoring beyond that top line needing to, to light themselves up and you know davy davy nailed it uh, and credit to davy tip of the cap to davy but I think it's been sort of the narrative for the past couple of weeks. I saw Will Cullen talking in the press about, look, we know what's going to come. We know this is yeah. going to happen. We're just working our system and it's it's going to happen someday. I just didn't think it would be so spectacular against probably the rivalry, the, the current rivalry, main rivalry that the Belfast Giants have. Um, it was lovely. Uh, the, the only other thing I really want to add, Paddy, uh, there were a few eyebrows raised around the arena and in a few conversations I had after the game about Bounds getting hooked after four goals. 
Um, and to be honest, mine, my eyebrow was probably slightly up as well. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, you know, if you look at, at Tozen, if you look at, at what you've got, you've got an import goalie on the bench, someone who has played extensively in the WHL, where, where Jackson Whistle cut his teeth. He played 105 games, 135 games. Not going to start doing Davy here. But he's got ECHL experience. He should be able to come in to uh, to replace and back up a, a goalie who's who's off his game that night. Um, I just think that, that it was the night that we were all waiting for. We absolutely lit it up and, and deserved to as well. The Devils just did not show up. Let me just just open this. I want to start talking about the Devils. <laughs> yeah, let's flip it on Patty for a minute. Because, I know that you've been because, dying yeah. to get stuck into this. Well, I was shocked. Let's say it. I know. I know. I put a. I, I put a tongue in cheek tweet out. You know, nobody's shocked. I actually was shocked. Not at the Belfast Giants, and you know, as Davy said, you know, somebody's somebody's going to get gubbed sooner or later. I was shocked it was the Cardiff Devils for a number of reasons. One of them being, I thought defensively they were shocking, completely, yeah. completely shocking. I think you know, you look at this this first goal, and you've got two D men on there, a, a a backhanded just little flap at goal, and it hits the back of the net, and that's Barnes. Things you know, a bad mistake by Barnes, who isn't the player he was. I said, there, it's out there. I think I'm not the first one to say it. I don't think he's the player he was, but you know, he's still, as you said, he's still a top level goalkeeper in this uh, in this league. The, the other one I really enjoyed actually was the the eighth goal, where it just seems to bounce off everybody, and like Cousins diving back into his own net, trying to get at it, and it's in the back of the net. Anyway, but the other thing was, as and I'll, I'll ask you in this, Davy, as well, and I'll come to you, Joel, as the score started to run up in the in the second period, there was absolutely no bite from that team there was yeah. no pushback from the devils there was no timeout. they changed the goalkeeper it seemed they were getting swamped and they didn't know what to do and there was no physicality at all i'm not that scared of the cardiff devils in terms of their physicality or five on five we've had this team's number you know bar a couple of games bar a couple of periods here and there and even the challenge cup final Okay, they were in a wee bit short bodied and it went the overtime, but we like absolutely dominated the game. We've dominated the nice arena wheels. The you know, the, the, the playoff final is one that we will look back on. I don't know whether guys look back on with regret now that the, the games are over and stuff, but like we just got a couple behind on of a couple of mistakes, and then when you're chasing games against good teams, it becomes difficult. They're like an elite level team. I wasn't surprised to see us surprised with the the the, the speed at which they folded. You know, that second period fooled. They concede seven goals to anyone in a single period in this league. No timeout. As bad darts, no timeout. As you say, the game has changed, but there wasn't really any major scrums, offers. You know, it was just like almost accepted our fate here. We've got Cozen in. That didn't, you know, that we, we've talked about games where Adam Keefe has perhaps pulled Peyton Jones for Jackson Whistle or vice versa or goalies over the years. That makes the defence step up. That makes the defence tighten up around a goaltender. Boys, were at 2-1, at 3-1, the Cardiff Devils went away from their process, is what I would say. They started going for that Hollywood pass. They started trying to stretch the rink. They started trying to hit those two-line passes, and it just wasn't yeah. working. And what that gave us was opportunities to go in behind. Ruby was watching, or sorry, Lily was watching this with me earlier on when I was cutting the goals. And Lily was saying things like, even this goal, how come there's five in white and only two in, in teal and they still scored? 
things like that, like a, yep. a, an eight, nine-year-old, because you know, the defensive coverage isn't good enough from the Cardiff Devils in this place, they weren't physical enough. And if we were doing this the other way around and Cardiff were scoring on us like this, there would be a moratorium going on for weeks. There'd be yep. devastation. There are problems within that team, gladly. Um Cozen last season, 928 or something, save percentage and, and backing up Matt Carruth, who was one of the best goaltenders in the league. Cozen has came back for a reason, and it's to give Ben Bynes nights off because you've said he's not the goalie he was, but he's no younger than he ever was. None of us are, so he needs some relief some nights. And, you know, for him to ship those goals and Cozen to come in and not shut the game down surprised me a lot. Cardiff still running, trying to, it was like a track meet at times. And, you know, they're not going, that's the goal you were talking about earlier that's there, Paddy. I just think from a perspective, they, they maybe could have shut up shop a wee bit and said, look, Dami's limitation here because there comes a time in a hockey game against a very good team like the Belfast Giants. You're out of it. You're not coming back. You know, we're four or five up. You're not beating a six, five here. So, you know, you take your medicine and you maybe just shut it up a wee bit, but they decided to, you know, try and go run and gun with us and it didn't work out well for them. And, and even like the third period, let's be honest here. We took the last period off more or less. We so, did. Very much um, so. And I don't mean that disparaging. And I know that Rayner talked on commentary about, you know, we like to put together a 60-minute game. Pretty difficult when you're 9, what was 9-1, 9-2 at the end of the second period. 9-1? Um, what? 9-1? 9-1. 9-1 at the end, they scored two goals in the third. Very, very difficult to come out there. And and the thing about momentum, as we all know, is once it's gone, it's very, very difficult to pick it back, <laughs> even from a massive winning position. At 9-1, yeah. it was just like... Uh, we could have went on maybe and tried to embarrass him a wee bit and I'd have been okay with that too. But that's a really lovely goal for me. I love that um, strong side, weak side play where you bring all the play I'm going back this way. All the play to one side of the ice and you bring all five players and someone swings off a bench on a late line change, dumps it into that blue paint and Angeli, I think it is, with the stick, like a telegraph pole, that stick, and he's got it in there to deflect. I love those kind of goals. We've conceded a few of them this season, which you hate to see. But when I, whenever it comes off in a positive manner, it's a really it's a tactic that's used a lot around this league. Love it. Um, right. so coming back to coming back to the coaching side of it, um, Joel, I spoke to a, a friend of the show. Let's say I spoke to the friend a friend of the show on the on the on the uh, on the ra- on the phone earlier on. A guy we invited on this week, but unfortunately he wasn't available. Um, but a friend of the show, and I, he was talking about this game, and he was talking about how much the Giants scored in that second period. And um, when I suggested that there was no timeout called by the uh, by uh, Dupont, he was actually quite shocked at the fact that there was no that they did change the goalie, but they didn't call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, you, could you put that down to just being a rookie error, coaching wise? Rudy Dupont's no dozer, though. He's had a long no, <clears throat> excuse me. He's had a long career at a high level. You know, he's, he's played throughout Europe. He's played in, in the A and the ECHL in North America. Um, I, do you know what, Paddy? I'm kind of stumped. I don't know. Because I know that Adam Keefe would have called the timeout and we would have settled ourselves down and gone again. I can't really place my finger on where this went wrong. Um, maybe it was just one of those nights when everything goes wrong, the team's spiraling, you, you don't know how to get back, and the game plans out the window. You know, the game's already gone. I genuinely don't know. I thought what you actually mentioned earlier, you know, about, about the game being changed. I know we keep coming back to this. We're sounding like like grumpy old men. But one of the things I kind of scribbled down tonight to actually ask Adam Keefe was, you know, that, that second period, a seven-goal blowout. Adam Keefe has someone who was a very physical player. There's no way he wouldn't have started something there or, or got something going to try and spark the boys. Um, but that has to come from the coach as well. The coach has to set the tempo. The coach has to show that there's still passion, that there's that there's still um, something to fight for. Um, it just seemed like no one was interested. 
Oh well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to see it. <laughs> the uh, the highlights from this game are available, of course, from our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And I hope uh, Sis's voice gets better soon. Yeah, <laughs> throat. I know he wasn't feeling the best, but uh, get well soon, Sis. Hope you you've got a good. Unfortunately, you've got a solid month off here because the Belfast Giants go on the road for more or less a month. But uh, yeah, you can get the highlights of this game as enjoyable as they are on Belfast Giants TV. Right, let's move to the fan agenda, and we're going to be joined by a man. Uh, who we've just spoken about with four goals in that game against the Cardiff Devils, one of which where he drags it back and snaps it in the back of the net, one of the lovely finest goals I've seen in years. Please welcome to the pod, Steve Arry. How are you doing, mate? What a guy. Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah, Not too me. bad, buddy. Right, let's go straight back to that game. Let's go straight back to the uh, the game against the Cardiff Devils on Sunday afternoon. You know, your reflection on the game, obviously four goals. You said that you said to Joel after the game on interview, you don't think you've scored four goals in a game before, but uh, a remarkable night for you, a remarkable night for the team. Sorry, guys, I'm having a little bit of Wi-Fi trouble here. Uh, yeah, oh. no, I... I uh... I don't think I've ever scored four goals before, so that was uh, something new. But um, you know, I was just lucky. To, I was happy to get one. That's all I cared about. But uh, they just kept coming at that point. So, when the momentum is that high in the game, is it easy just to get carried away with it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a special night. Uh, it doesn't happen very often where everything you kind of everything touches your stick and ends up uh, in a scoring chance. So, uh, you know, it was it was just kind of one of those things where you try and ride the momentum and. Uh, yeah, it worked out pretty well for me. So, uh, we we talked to uh, Gary last week, Steve, um, about the team playing really defensively well. I, I was speaking earlier on about like yourself, Boots, Soise, Macaulay playing a really good defensive game, and, and the five six guys in the ice playing really pretty well defensively. And we were going to have a breakout game. The, the secondary scoring was going to have to come sooner or later. It just happened to come on Sunday really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, like like you said, those guys were you know we've we've shown in the past and and uh, we know what kind of players we are. We're, we can put the puck in the net. It just you know it, it comes. It wasn't happening at that time, um, and you know it, and so you just got to kind of buckle down and make sure you take care of the defensive end first, and, and good things will happen from there. And a little a little nuance that that happens in Belfast just with us having the arena there that this time of year we. We end up going on the road most seasons. Well, it's been probably for the last six, seven, eight years. Probably we go on this quite a long road swing through November into December time. Is that something that you know you've experienced? So, if you're looking forward to it, the boys are going to be able to get together a wee bit more. Yeah, you know, road trips are always good team builders. Uh, I've found in the past, so um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenging month for us. Obviously, you know, going on the road and, and playing like that um, on the road for for six games in a row. I think it is. It's it's a challenge, but, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. I think, um, like you said, it's, it's a good time to, to bond as a team and, and hopefully we can string some wins together. Steve, it's good to chat to you again. Uh, it's one of the things that fascinates me most about pro athletes, and it's the thing that sets, well, one of the many things that sets you apart from me uh, is the psychology. It's, it's how you deal with the game mentally. One of the many things, Patrick, we we're talking about the chins earlier. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you obviously you're you're through kind of ten games in the league or uh, and however many cup games uh, total um, without that goal yet. Um, and, and listen, you know how to score goals. You know your stats are there. 
how is it mentally? Does it take its toll on you whenever you're like, I'm doing everything that I need to do here. I'm doing all the things right. I'm doing everything that's got me success before. What does it feel like when you're grinding away, but that first one just won't come? Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, you know, the first few games of the of the year, it was, uh, you know, it was tough. I was, I felt like I was playing really well and, um, you know, doing the right things, but it just wasn't falling for me. Um, so it, it is tough mentally to, to try and stay positive and, uh, you know, maybe maybe had a few really good chances that normally those go in, but they're not. So, uh, my my dad was was a big uh, was a big help there. He I talked to him quite a bit after every game, and uh, he just said, you know, you're you're playing really well. You just got to keep grinding away. So, uh, you know, he kind of helped me out during that time. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's tough, but you just got to keep pushing through it and 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 staying positive because you know what kind you know what you can do. And then on the flip side to that, right, like you, you finally get to, you know, a four goal game in front of a big hot crowd against probably the team's hottest rival at the moment. Uh, is there a buzz bigger in the world? Is there anything you can compare it to that I would understand to what it feels like to hit four in front of that home crowd and, and hear everybody go nuts for you? Oh, it was it was a special night for sure. I mean, not just me. I mean, the every all it was nine, nine goals we scored. The, <laughs> yeah. the crowd was going crazy. So it was it was a fun night to be a part of, um, you know, especially when Cardiff's in town, they've got, uh, you know, it's, it's a big rivalry and yeah. the crowd was electric. So uh, we had a lot of fun playing in front of it. And, and I certainly, uh, certainly picked a good night to, to break out a little bit. <laughs> the, um, go to, I'm going to go to Twitter, Steve, and a couple of questions are coming in from people watching in. Uh, oh, oh, we've lost, we've lost Steve. No, no, he's still sorry. there. No, he's still there. He's muted. I'm seeing You're him. You're on mute, Steve. On mute. <laughs> oh, I can mute you. I'll try that. There we are. Watching a view from the bridge. <laughs> can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Yeah, cool. buddy. Let's go. One of the one of the one of the one of the questions coming in from Ryan on Twitter said that you've been a prominent member of the penalty kill so far this season, even scoring a shorty on Sunday. Is the penalty killing an area of your game you enjoy and pride yourself on? And has George Awada been a big influence on this? Nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I I've I've played different roles on different teams in the past where, you know, maybe I wasn't on the penalty kill as much, but it's certainly something that I I like to uh, take pride in it's it's not easy to do and it's um, it's it's one of those things where you know it, it can swing momentum in a game so um, yeah I, I certainly take pride in, in being a good penalty killer and um, yeah uh, Wads has been great he's uh, you know he's he's always uh, you know positive feedback behind the bench when you come off even even if you're maybe a little frustrated off your shift and um, yeah definitely uh, so yeah. <laughs> See, he was George is one of the DFA, one of the great penalty killers for the Belfast Giants. Probably George Awada is probably I know nostalgia can have a you know a tilt on it, but George Awada probably the strongest penalty killer possibly this league's ever seen, let alone Belfast ever seen. You know, a great forward scored so many goals for this club, but his, his niche was penalty kill and, and you Very know, fantastic. Sure. But before before you let you go, Steve, I want to ask you so. Where we've played a lot against the Scottish teams this season, we're starting to get on this road trip now. We're going to go to Nottingham, we're going to go to Sheffield, we're going to go into some of the bigger rings, but we're also going to go into some of the the smaller rings. I have to be careful what I say here because there's a guest in the green room I can see here that don't want to don't want to say anything too much. But <laughs> we obviously we were we were dying in Guildford the other Saturday, and we obviously had 
we'd spoken before the game about you know the first line change and stuff and it's a smaller rink and it's different bench it's different setup and when you go to manchester it's going to be a little bit more of a culture shock again even than guildford and and these things that are are the guys that have been here are we talking about it already about what they expect when we go into these different rinks yeah, definitely. That's one of the the unique things about uh, about this league is it's you know, every road game. There's a little bit different of a challenge. So uh, we've we've certainly talked about the the size of the ice surface there, and um, you know there's there's things we can do to to adjust our our game plan to uh, to to have some success there. Hopefully, yeah. Like these these teams don't need me to tell you this. These teams are built for their home ranks. You know, Manchester are always big. Everything happens very very quick in Manchester when they come they're a different completely different team when they come to belfast because they've got to play in the 200 100 feet ice and you know things will happen in manchester five times the speed and the guys just got to be ready to go with that yeah definitely uh, obviously smaller ice surface things are going to happen faster um you know with the, the big team over there so uh you got to be a little bit more uh a little bit more on your toes and and just be ready to think the game that much that much quicker so uh we're i'm looking forward to getting out there Fantastic. Well, listen, Steve, we're going to let you go. Thanks very much for joining us. Congratulations on a fantastic weekend. Hopefully more to come and a long road swing ahead before you get back to the SSC Arena. But uh, we wish you well. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul. Cheers, Steve. Thank you. A little over two weeks until the Friendship Four in Belfast, and uh, we'll have more on that next week. We're hoping to have a few, a few of the coaches or a few of the uh, a few of the captains on a view from the bridge as we build up to what is always a fantastic NCAA tournament at the SSE Arena. Big thanks to Steve Ari for joining us there. Fantastic to have him on. We're going to crack on, gents, because we've got like we've got a, an absolutely packed show. Um, um, this Friday is one of my favorite. One of my favorite uh, events because it's only just down the road from here, me here sure, yeah, in uh, in Altrincham, as the Belfast Giants come over to Manchester to face the Manchester Storm. And joining us now is a man. Well, more often than not, would always frustrate us when I went to games at the when I go to the uh, go to the games in Altrincham between the pipes, and he's hoping to frustrate us again this week this weekend as the Giants return there. But this time as a head coach, please welcome to View from the Bridge, Matt Ginn. How are you doing? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. No, good. Thank, thanks very much for joining us. I'm going to start with that game against Sheffield the other weekend. And now, obviously, it, it's caught a few of the headlines because it's, let's say, a little bit old school. Um, obviously, <laughs> you had the, the hit from, from Davy Phillips and a bit of retribution for that. It's obviously something that riled up your locker room. Is that the sort of a game you were expecting from your team? Uh, yes and no. Like I knew uh, kind of from the hit the game before, um, we weren't thrilled with kind of the non-reaction. I, I don't know if a lot of guys saw it at the time and then kind of see the replay after, and it was, it was a bad hit um, on on our leading score too. So um, I, I think it was definitely in the guy's mind. And then, I, to be honest, I wasn't sure what uh, how things were going to tr- uh, occur there. And uh, yeah, it kind of set off right away, and then kind of the intensity um, kept up throughout the game. Is that something as a coach you can feel in the room before they go out? And I guess you just let it happen. 
Uh, yes and no. I I was more worried about uh, winning the game, to be honest with you. But um, I like guys were guys were focused. They were ready to go. There was a big crowd, and um, I wasn't, I guess, fully surprised that something like that happened. Matt, I want to take you slightly away from from the current situation. How have you transitioned away from? You know, from from playing and the coaching, it's obviously probably great that you've been able to stay involved in the game. But like, how hard mentally was it just to take that injury and know that you weren't going to be able to continue just to, in between the pipes? Yeah, it was uh, it was disappointing. Obviously, at first, I think there was probably a week of uh, moping around and kind of like being being down and stuff. But I was lucky enough. Uh, Finner took me kind of under his ring wing right away. Um, so I was lucky enough to kind of learn from him as in the assistant coach role there last season. Um, and uh, it was always something I kind of wanted to get into as coaching. Um, I think my career probably ended a little earlier and abruptly than kind of I anticipated, but I, I know kind of this, uh, the opportunity that arose in front of me is not something that a lot of people get the chance to do. So I, I'm not taking that lightly and uh, I'm working hard at it. And I, I mean, coaching, I think something you're always learning something, whether you've been coaching for years or your first go around. So um, I don't pretend to know I know everything. I think communication is so, so important nowadays and but like at all times, really. But yeah, I, I'm loving it. Coach, if I could uh, actually expand on that, it's something that really interests me, especially in our league. Um, and, and having been a, a, a you know one, one of the best tendies in the league over the past number of seasons, you, you'll be aware of it. We obviously don't have the, the luxury here of goalie coaches, and it's something that you know even in the minors in North America, it's something that you would have. Being a goalie that then has transitioned into head coaching, uh, coaching everyone, how aware of that are you? Are, are you aware of trying to give your your tendies some some kind of extra love? Uh, I, I try and, uh, stay out of it a little bit. If I see something <laughs> uh, that pops up, I'll, I'll chime in or whatever, but it's more of a two way street. It's not, uh, me preaching or anything like that. It's just, I think it's good for them to have someone to kind of bounce things off where, uh, you kind of understand where they're coming from. I think it's tough for coaches that they never played the position to when you're, um, someone brings a goalie question to you, you're kind of out at sea a little bit. It's kind of the one <laughs> position where you're, yeah. you're by yourself, but no, I, I think I've got a good relationship with uh, the goalies we've got here and I, I'm hoping to be kind of a sounding board for them. If I could just follow up, Patty, one real quick one. Uh, I love yeah. guys who play in the NCAA or U Sports. I love getting their kind of thoughts on that. You, you saw just before we brought you in there, we're a couple of weeks out from the Friendship Four coming back to Belfast. It's a big weekend. Um, you played your college hockey in the College of the Holy Cross with the Crusaders, NCAA D1 team. Uh, what was it like for you that going the college route? Uh, was was that a special experience playing college hockey and, and, and having that kind of experience while you got your qualifications? Yeah, I, I loved it. It was to, like, it's tough to say. It's probably for the, four of the best years of my life there really. Cause it, it's uh, a little different than um, I think I was expecting really like uh, school in the States. I found it was just a little bit more, I don't, I don't know the right word, but it's really tight knit community, even the alumni group and stuff, the support, yeah. like I still stay in touch with people I played with against uh, people like that, just classmates, other graduates and alumni and, it, it was a smaller school too, so you knew everybody. Um, yeah. and I, I just had a blast there. Patty? 
tell us a little bit of your, you know, about your thing about your recruitment. Um, obviously, you know, you had to bring in a, a brand new Nettie in, in, in Levine, but you've brought back the likes of Dallas Earhart and guys, Zach Sullivan, guys who have been within that sort of setup uh, at the Storm. Is that important to have that sort of backbone of people like Tyler, um, like Tyson Fawcett, who have experience of playing in that rink? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, obviously last year was disappointing. We we didn't have a good year. Um, there's no real way to sugarcoat that. Um, so we, we knew we needed some changes. But with that being said, I think we had a, had a good core group of guys. Um, and I think it's important to, to kind of bring those guys back every year. Um, I know you guys do something similar there where you kind of have the same core that return. Um, so we wanted to bring in obviously a lot of new, new faces and some fresh blood, but also kind of keep uh, – like the Critchlows and the Fosses and the, the Earhart's, the guys who have been around and guys who that uh, the pour their heart and soul into the team, to be honest with you, and kind of establish our culture and that help hopefully get us back on the right track here. Uh, I was in the building when you played the Sheffield Steelers and Anthony DeLuca made his debut and obviously he scored a few against them, had a big smile on his face. The sort of experience and ability that he brings to the, to the storm will be priceless. Yeah, he's you know he, I know kind of too well actually. He's got a great shot, a knacker on the net there. And he's, uh, yeah, he, he always goes on about how much he scored in Manchester. I, I don't remember. It that way, but, uh, yeah, no, he's he's a goal scorer. He's an electric player up front there. He can make plays happen, and um, I think a guy who know knows the rink and the uh, has had success there definitely helps. And you heard Davey just saying earlier on about uh, about rinks and about the ability. You obviously, and um, we know this to our to our detriment on many occasions. You know, you have a rink that's pretty unique in regards to its size, and 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 a lot of teams come in there and struggle. How much of how much is the rink an extra man to your guys? Yeah, it is. I, I think for to to an extent, um, like if we if we don't go out and execute it, it doesn't really matter here. But um, for us, yeah, it's just kind of. Like, like all the teams that come in, we have to play a simple game there. It's pucks, bodies to the net. It, things happen quickly. Um, I think, yeah, it's too, so we can use it as an advantage. But like I said, we have to be on top of our game and kind of play the way that we have to. Matt, um, there was a few questions came in on the Facebook and the Twitter and stuff when people were told you were coming on here. And I have a question here from a guy called Michael Holden. said, hi, coaches. How do you see the steady improvement of, of you? Sorry, I've got somebody else's teeth in here. Matt, as a coach, do you see a steady improvement in the standard of hockey paid in the UK? And do you think there's any ways to accelerate it to the closer to the better European leagues? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great league. I think um, it's probably a little underrated, to be honest with you, especially guys who come from North America and they're a little bit surprised at the quality of the league. And you see it even uh, like you guys, when you played in the Champions League against those top teams, like held your own, won some games. Like I think that that does a lot for the league as well. Um, and uh, to the second part of the question there, to kind of improve things, I, I think uh, you're starting to see it now. Like Manchester has that Manchester Academy, the Storm Academy, which is huge. I've been kind of bringing up the kids at a young age with with um, some coaches who are really knowledgeable, guys who have a couple of them have came from North America, like across Europe there. So. I think just overall the the hockey's improving and then also people are becoming more more knowledgeable and uh, like developing kids at a younger age. You're seeing kind of the the next wave of young British players come up and the skills there. Um, it's just kind of getting getting their foot in the door and kind of how it is everywhere else. Hi, enjoy sorry, Joel. How how enjoyable is it to 
um, be a part of that development of, of kids, young girls. Great to see girls involved in the game as well. And and just to bring, you know, when we're younger and we're involved in sports, as we've all been involved in sports at very different levels, obviously. But, you know, it doesn't matter even though the levels you play at. You want to see young guys. As you get older, you want to see young kids getting involved, and it's great to see young kids and girls. How much of enjoyment is that and part of your role? Yeah, no, it's huge. Uh, like I said, especially working with the academy here, like it, it, it's great to see all the interest in hockey and all the Storm fans around the rink and all the kids that, that are involved in it. Um, it's one thing, like, we love all the fans and um, whatnot, but you need you need kind of that next wave of, of kids coming up that love the game and I know looking back when I was a kid years and years ago, uh, like how much I, I love the game and being at the rink and getting to be around around some of the older players and stuff. I think it, it's huge. Uh, Coach, another, another one that fascinates me, obviously the playing side, you didn't get to end it on your terms, you know, with through injury, but you also now have the benefit of being into coaching at still a pretty young age. And, and I'm, I'm certainly not trying to spook any Storm fans that may be watching tonight, but you know, how, how far would you like to take coaching? You're, you're, you're an Ontario guy, isn't that right? Um, yep, you, you play you play college hockey in, in mass, I think. Um, you, you've seen various different levels. Do you have ambitions uh, for how far you want to take your career behind the bench? Yeah, I think eventually at at some point. Right now, I'm just kind of focused on there's enough on my plate now to worry about. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I I don't like to think too far ahead to be to be honest with you here. Um, I I love it, and like I said, I know the kind of the opportunity I have in front of me here is something unique and uh i'm that's kind of all i'm focused on right now is uh is the storm and like i said last year was disappointing and i got a a taste of that both in the net a little bit and then mostly kind of on the sidelines and behind the bench so it was an area of focus just for us to to improve um so that's just kind of where i'm focused on right now we're going to let you go just a second, Matt, but obviously we just want to look ahead to the weekend that we have. Obviously, it's an easy weekend for the Manchester Storm. It's Belfast and Cardiff. Um, sort of, but the game against Belfast, their first visit to uh, to Aldrium uh, this season. What sort of thing are you expecting from the game? Well, I, I'm hoping you guys used up all your goals there last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for for Belfast, uh, the, the organization, the team. Um the job Kiefer does, I think he's an outstanding coach. And since since I've got to the UK, actually, my first year, like you guys are just kind of a, a well-oiled machine, to be honest with you. Just a heavy game, and that's kind of how we've how I've ta- told the guys. Um, like they they played against some of the players and stuff, but just if we don't match that that intensity and the effort, kind of compete level, it, it I've told them like it, there's no chance. Um, so like it, it's an easy game for us to get up for, I think. Um, back at home too where we we play well um but yeah i think you always want to kind of see who how you measure up to against the top teams um and i think right now kind of belfast looks like they're the kind of top of the league so definitely a big game for us friday here to we haven't played a league game either for the a week or so so good to kind of get back on track here and hopefully uh get something out of the weekend I can tell you from experience, I've walked out of that rink annoyed more than I've walked out of it happy, I think, in the last yeah, number of years. So uh, I don't think true. the Belfast Giants will be going in there with any sort of complacency. Matt, listen, we really appreciate you joining us and spending time and chatting. And uh, we wish you well against Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> we'll hopefully we'll speak to you again as the season goes on. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, you bet. Talk to you later. Bye. Cheers.
big thanks to Matt Ginn for joining us on mm-hmm. a view from the bridge. That game is on Friday at half seven at the um, at Planet Ice in Aldringham. And if you're not making the trip over here to Manchester to watch it, then you can get it, of course, on Storm TV. We'll be joined by John O'Bullard, who's doing both games for the Belfast Giants this weekend. Both the game against the Storm and the game against the Panthers, but we'll talk about that. So was that that first that first trip in there as well? Well, it's probably Always the tough. first trip into a lot of these rinks for guys that haven't played there before. It's yeah. it's, it's 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 a eye opening situation to a few of them at, at times. You know, and we know that from our first visit a few of these rinks over the last number of years. You know, there's something not an easy place. It's not an easy. But there's no easy two points anywhere in this league anymore. So you know, that's uh, just got to be first shift ready to go. Absolutely. Right, from, from that head coach to our very own, um, after a fantastic four-point weekend where the Belfast Giants scored 13 goals, I'm delighted to welcome back to a view from the bridge, our own head coach, Adam Keefe. How are you doing, coach? Hi, coach. So let's let's go back to the weekend. Your thoughts? Well, I thought it was a pretty solid weekend, starting off with the Friday. Um, you know, obviously, we the weekend prior there, we'd gotten by... Just gotten by Glasgow with a one nothing win, but I thought I felt good about our game. Just took us a while to get that first one and, and uh, close out that game. Uh, and then going to Glasgow, obviously you have to be aware that uh, you know at home it might be a little bit better, a little bit more energized after a week off. So you know we wanted to warn our guys that it's gonna it's gonna take another full sixty minutes to get it done. And I thought uh, I liked I liked our full sixty there in Glasgow as well. Um, so it was nice to get the day off there in between to to really recover and, and get ready for a big challenge in Cardiff. And um, was that challenge big in the end? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the game started off uh, quite even back and forth. I, I liked our game. I wasn't concerned about our game. Um, get that first goal and then they get the power play goal and then you're, you're starting to wonder which way the game could go. You know, so many times before where we felt we've we've been in control of a game and then a power play can change the game uh, instantly. So I did like our response right after that. And we got a big power play goal of our own as well and a big shorthanded goal. And then I think from there, um, you know, they, they started to, to fall apart a little bit. And then it was hard to recover from that. We were talking earlier, actually, about that coach whenever we were kind of analyzing the game. And obviously... Just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not asking you to be critical of another coach in any respect. That a couple of weeks ago, whenever Cardiff got back into the game against us in Ice Arena Wales, you were quite quick to call your timeout and you spoke about it and said, you know, you wouldn't want to have it in your hand at the end of the game and not use it. Is there an argument to be made there, even when pulling the goalie? Um, you know, the coach perhaps could have taken a little bit of the emotion out of his players, calmed them down just by taking that timeout. Well. I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, you know, there's yeah. been many games that went by and, and I never used the timeout. Um, when, I, when I look back on it in hindsight, I probably should have. Um, so I, I have no idea uh, if Brody would have changed that in the moment. But I think, you know, you know, pulling the goalie at, the, at that time, I think it was the fourth goal um, that he was, that, that Bouncy got pulled. I think that that was probably used as a timeout. You know, it was a break in play there. Hmm. Uh, kind of limits the momentum. Um, and, you know, basically that was used as the timeout right there. Um, so, you know, that's that's the way I see it. Um, you know, there's plenty of times uh, as a coach that, 
that certainly that I've been in a game where, you know, the emotions run high and, and you didn't use it or, or you didn't feel you needed it or you feel you needed to wait for a certain point in the game and it never really came. Um, you know, so sometimes, sometimes it works out where you, you get the call right. Sometimes you don't get it right. Um, and, and that's part of being a coach and being, uh, you know, we're, we're all human as well. Let's, let's get away from, from Sunday ever so slightly. We're seven, eight, nine weeks in the season now where the CHL's behind us. It was a, it was a great experience for a lot of boys. You must be fairly happy with how we've played the date. I'm sure you'd, there, there's things you'd like back and tweaks you'd make, but overall, fairly content with where we're sitting. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been uh, obviously a different year with the Champions League and every the way that we've started this season off. I think we'll, we kind of have something to draw back on. You know, uh, the last time we are in the Champions League and how we came out of that, we knew that the Challenge Cup was going to be... Um, just a, a little bit of a, an energy drain coming from off the Champions League to, to Challenge Cup. It's a little different in terms of the excitement level. So uh, I was happy to get out of those games um, with with the effort, or maybe not the effort, but the results that we got. Um, I thought, uh, but I thought recently, I think that um, some things have started to click for us uh, structurally and, um, you know, I think that if if we do f- find another level of scoring, that uh, we're going to be in control a lot more of games. And I think that we, we certainly saw that on Friday and on uh, on Sunday, certainly. But, um, you know, I, I like the way that the guys are competing. I like that the way that they've bought in so far. Um, and I'm, I'm just really happy for them right now. I mean, there's... You know, you're asking players to, to work real hard and to stay uh, focused for eight months, uh, night in, night out. It, it's not that easy. I mean, I played the game. I understand that sometimes you, you're not feeling great or for whatever reason, things aren't working for you. So, you know, to, to really squeeze the best out of everybody, it, it's difficult. And uh, so I'm happy for the guys when it, when it does work out. And, and I think we're on the right path here. Uh, but we do need to stay consistent and stay humble here because it's a long year and uh, we haven't done anything yet. Uh, Coach, I, I guess it's not a question specifically about the, the Devils game, but if I can pull it back to something based off that, we've been having a lot of conversations in recent weeks on the show um, just about the changing face of the game uh, and someone like yourself who played the role that you did um, both in North America and he, here in the EI, you know, a seven-goal blowout period like that. We haven't seen anything like that in quite a while. Um, there was a time not too long ago when you probably would have seen a spark. You would have seen somebody make something happen, drop the gloves, you know, whatever. Do you think the game's changing whenever you see a game like that and, and you put seven goals on the board without any kind of uh, any kind of friction from the other side? He'd have done it. He would have done it. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't have. I, I, uh, I'll... I'll stay quiet on that one. Um, <laughs> you guys know what my response would have been, but you know, I, each team is different. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't think that I thought the game would get a little chippier there in the second period, and and just kind of warning our guys to make sure that we're we're running some interference and then slowing the other team down and not allowing any, not taking any unnecessary punishment. Um, at the same time, like I, you know, I'm very confident in our group's team toughness and. Uh, being able to handle themselves and protect themselves and uh, ultimately like we're focused on on something bigger here and that's winning the game 
and getting out of that game uh, unscathed and, and ready for the next one. You know, and that's that's what our complete focus is on. But it, you know, if if the game if the game does turn chippy and, and we need to protect ourselves and 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 handle it, uh, you know, I'm confident we can do that as well. The other thing that that interests me about a game like that, um, you hear a lot of guys that that have, have you know had had longer careers uh, talk about you know the code, uh, you know, and, and it is an, an unwritten list of rules. It's an interesting one on Sunday because we have been maybe a little bit snake bitten in terms of secondary scoring in recent weeks. We've still been getting the job done. You know, there's been nothing wrong with with four point weekends, but the majority of those goals have been coming from the top line. So you get into a game like that where you're you know, you're starting to fire on all cylinders and you've got goals coming from everywhere. You've got Steve already putting four on the board. At what point do you consider, you know, let's take the foot off a little here? Was it that third period? Was it kind of let's not embarrass them or was it job done, boys? Let's take the rest of the night off. I was more focused, to be honest, yeah, in the third period. I was more focused on us not giving anything up. So a little disappointment there. Um, but, you know, it, those games are very difficult to to stay switched on for a full 60 minutes. And unfortunately, it does usually fall back on the goaltender. And, you know, that's part of the, the bit that I was kind of uh, a little frustrated with, just that, that we, we put Jackson under unnecessary fire in that period. But, um, you know, like I said, it's very difficult to play under those circumstances. And, uh, you know, we're still a team that's learning how to play the right way, learning how to win, learning how to play um, like champions. And, and I think that, you know, that's a, a work in progress. And we're seeing uh, great strides from the group, uh, learning how to win together and, and win the right way. Um, but I think, uh, you know, like I said, overall, that, that full 60, uh, I thought we were – we're a good team and, and likewise on Friday. So happy with the overall weekend. I'm going to take a question here from, from Twitter, from Alan Brett. He says, you know, the first game in Manchester on Friday will as always be an eye, an eye opener, a learning curve for a lot of the new players. You know, you were, you were in the wings there as we were speaking the, in the Matt Ginn, and we've mentioned about <clears throat> things like the ice and the rink that they have. Is there anything particular you've advised the guys to be mindful of when ice and then all Um, Not yet. I mean, we we'll, to be honest, I mean, we normally we do do uh, an abundance of preparation, and to be honest, with you, it does, it always seems to not really matter. I mean, you have to, you have to get there and experience it. Uh, we we'll certainly will we'll prep them on the size of the arena and the fact that things happen very fast, and just to play very direct and get pucks to the net, and and also to stay above your man because you know things happen very quick, and if you're sleeping and and you allow them to get in behind you that's going to be odd man situations all night and it's a very dangerous way to play and it's not the way that, that we play so you know that's the main focus this week and and will be the main focus going into the game you know but the reality is uh you, you need to manage the puck well and manage your game well in that building um at the same time impose our own game on Manchester and I, I yeah you're right I, I listened to Ginner there and you know they're going to do the same thing you know they're going to want to play the way they play they're going to want to use that building to their advantage and uh, we need to be aware of that and, and but ultimately we need to play our game as well it's just we need to be aware of our surroundings.
what is it there? Because, you know, as you heard, you know, one of the things I said as well is that I, I seem to feel that sometimes I come away from that rink more frustrated than I do elated. And, you know, we've we've had times there and, you know, I asked him whether he felt that the, the rink or the ice was, was an extra man for them. But we've had times there, like last season, you know, we had a commanding lead that, that slipped away. We, we've struggled to sort of get to get good results. What is it about that place that is such a that makes it such a, a difficult place to go? Well, I think there's a little bit to do with momentum. And you know, you, you, I find that it's the same, particularly in, in Fife in the third periods, uh, you know, Manchester third periods. You know, it doesn't matter what type of lead you have. You know, you, if you come into it like we did Sunday, just kind of not really playing on our toes, you know, it, it can happen quickly where it's one, two, three, four right away, and now you're in a hockey game. And so, you, you know, you need to be aware of those situations. You need certainly need to try to, you know, get the puck in the other team's zone and, and play on the offense because that's how, you, that's how you negate some of the momentum. And sometimes, you know, in those buildings, those small buildings, things happen so fast that if you're not ready and you're not – you're not prepared to play at the start of a period or the start of the game, you know, you could, you could find the game gets out of hand pretty quickly. Coach last one for me. And I know we're probably a one game at a time team or probably a one period at a time team, but obviously now we're heading away on the road for, for a while. Is that something that, uh, you know, this, this happens to us every year, something that's penciled in your die. This is character building, team building opportunities as well. It's to, to be looked forward to. It's not to be frowned away from. Absolutely. Uh, the talk we had this this morning at practice is, you know, I love the way that we finished at home, obviously, um, and and the last stretch of games I've loved. Uh, I've even liked our games against Guilford. Uh, we just we come out of them on the other end of the scoreboard, and and you know, it reminds me to last year, you know, two of the games against Cardiff where we started really well against them and lost those games as well. Um, obviously this year it's against Guilford, um, but you know, certainly, uh, going into the six game road trip here, it's something it's due to the friendship for coming over and, and the availability at the rink. It seems like the last six or seven years or however long it's been that this road trip here, I find that it can really make or break you. And it can also set you up for a real success. Um, I find that we really become a hockey team, a, a real team, um, throughout this road trip. And I think that, you know, if you look back at all the other teams, uh, I'm sure that that's probably the case on how we did on these road trips, uh, where we ended up. So I think that that was something we talked about this morning and just, you know, there's no complaining, there's no excuses. This is a business trip. We got to go get the job done and come home and, uh, you know, it's that simple. So, you know, it, it, I think it's a great opportunity for us to get away from any types of distractions that are at home here. Just focus on your game, get the job done, come home. And uh, it, there's no other word for it. It nearly, I, I can't remember if Paul Lady's season was the first year we went to Mullows. And I know it's not going to happen this year, but I think we came back from that road swing by the start of December and the league was virtually... It was a fait accompli, like we'd nearly done. We'd done so well on the road and through the start of that season. But, you know, Jeff Swears and all that in the bag by the time we got the Christmas decorations down. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was something great. Yeah. 
on that <laughs> no better way to leave it coach listen we appreciate your time tonight good luck this weekend against both manchester and nottingham good luck in this long road swing and no doubt we'll speak to you again as the season goes on yep cheers guys thanks for having me on thank you richard i'm thrilled oh 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 back. i cut you off Sorry, sure, you were saying. i'm sure we'll see you patty uh on friday uh and i don't want to be seeing your angry face after the game so hopefully it goes our way it, listen, Neil Russell will tell you there's two types of interviews after games in Manchester. It's either the happy one or my funeral voice, which yeah. comes in with. with so uh, let's hope we go for happy voice. To break from me happy and then you <laughs> I'll see you Friday, coach. All right, take care, guys. Cheers. Big thanks to Adam Key for his time. Really appreciate him coming on. Especially we've, sorry. Yeah, no, that's one, part, that's you're, one you're, where you go. He starts oh. with sorry, sorry for your loss. <laughs> yeah, so always always comes back and points out especially when we do the, the audio it's basically if we've lost if we've if we've won it's like a good win for the Belfast Giants and I'm joined here by the head coach Adam Keefe or but if we've lost it's like here in I'll be him after a 4-1 defeat for your Belfast Giants and I'm joined by the head coach of Belfast Giants Adam Keefe yeah Keefe you know, it's just like my voice just drops into funeral voice. Because I've got absolutely no doubt that he's still sitting there watching, but uh, I'm too scared of him to do that, so you'll always get the same from me. But no, big thanks to you for, for, for Whereas, whereas I'm, I'm, I'm really shallow. I don't do interviews after our loss. Sorry, but let's go. <laughs> Damn, just goes like, home, yeah. Had nothing out here. Why would anybody want to talk about a loss? <laughs> Ride the highs, the ignore people the want lows. to hear, Davey, the people... The people can oh, pay for a ticket then. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Respect. Um, right. <clears throat> Before we come to the news, just a quick one. We did have the result of the Player of the Month for October, sponsored by Phonicab. It was released. Let me see. Bring it up here. With 51.6% of the vote, beating Sam Rupp, Scott Conway, and David Goodwin. It was Jackson Whistle, number one for your Belfast Giants. Uh, he received the trophy after the game against the Cardiff Devils on Sunday. There he is for those watching on YouTube, picking up that that the coveted A View from the Bridge Player of the Month trophy. The, the biggest the biggest prize in the game, David, goes to Jackson Whistle. Yes, congratulations to Jackson. <laughs> is that it? No comments? Do you want me to... Yeah, a a well-deserved well deserved award? Like, a well-deserved award with over 50% of the vote. I was quite surprised. I don't want to say anything disparaging because, as I said last week, all four guys um, were were, val were valid um, you know, nominations and any one of them could have won it. I was surprised with the amount of the, the way David Goodwin started the season. I think he had four Milan matches out of the first um, five league games. Jackson, I think, probably only played maybe four of the games through the month in the league. And I think he, he probably three and one. Good results. Um, two clean sheets, two um, two shutouts at home. Obviously, the loss uh, away to Guildford. But, you know, valid winner. No problem with that. GB, GB's number one, Joel. Just going to say, you know, Belfast loves its goalies. It always has. Um, and, and you know, Jonesy got the job done for us on, on Friday in Glasgow and, and, and is doing his job too. But I think there's just something about this, this season that has sparked uh, people a little bit. I think I think people are, are kind of really getting behind him. There could not have been a better game for Wiss to be presented with this mm. than, than, than that game. It really lit the crowd up. Uh, and Wiss, maybe even some of the saves weren't weren't as spectacular as what the ooze and as were making out to be. But uh, And I know that the coach yeah. talked about that third period and, and maybe giving up a couple and, and putting a bit of traffic on them. But I think
think Wes was a showstopper on Sunday. Um, and he, he had really a couple had pride of, in the Pamela's hand. He had a couple of saves in that first period, Joe, and we were 1 0 up and at 1 each. Mm-hmm. Big saves. Mm-hmm. Not going to mm-hmm. say momentum swingers or game changers or anything, but big saves that needed made at big times. I guess that's where he's been good this season. He's made big saves at big times. I'm yeah. not being critical of him in any way. I'm, I'm delighted for him. He's moved up another notch in the um, all time goaltending statistics when I was doing them last week. Data, sort, hit the button, and you see if anybody in his name jumped up another column on, or another line nice. on Excel. So, congratulations to him that he's just chipping away. I can't remember who he overtook, actually. From memory, I'll tell you next week. Colin Rider. Possibly. I'm just not either. <laughs> you said it so confidently yeah, as well. Massive, massive congratulations to Jackson Wessel, yeah. who I think this, I think it's the second or third time his name's been on the trophy. Yeah. Um, congratulations to him on picking up the A View from the Bridge Player of the Month Award, sponsored by Former Cab. Thanks to them for sponsoring, as always. Joel... I think I think we're going to news. I think Simon once said that they have to uh, buy the bagels for breakfast or something, or you know, buy breakfast for the boys. They're not all dying to win it, like, <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jolly, any news? Yeah, uh, sit back, Demi, kick back there, enjoy yourself. Uh, we'll get through this really quick. Um, yeah, this past on. week in the Via Play Elite League, Via Play, Via Play, depending on your preference, the month of November kicked off last Wednesday with a 7 2 win for the Cardiff Devils over the Five Flyers and Wheels. On Friday night, the Devils made it four points from their homestand with a 6-2 win over the Nottingham Panthers. On Saturday, the Blaze left Scotland with a 5-1 win over the Dundee Stars. And the Red Hot Guildford Flames needed OT to overcome the Flyers in Kirkcaldy, winning 2-1. And on Sunday, the Sheffield Steelers blanked the Flyers 3-0 in Yorkshire for their third consecutive defeat of the week. Tough. The Blaze bounced back at the Sky Dome with a 3-0 win over the Glasgow clan. And the Flames took care of the Dundee Stars back home at the Spectrum, winning 4-2. And in everyone's favorite tournament, the Challenge Cup, the Manchester Storm beat the Steelers 6-4 in an ill-tempered affair, as we've been talking about um, in Altrincham. We saw uh, Chase, C-H-A-Y-S, Chase, really, um, go after Davy Phillips off the opening face-off and a bit of a hangover from Phillips checking to the head call a couple of weeks ago. He got himself ejected for that encounter. Um, And thanks to that score, a victory over the Nottingham Panthers in any form on Sunday would have actually seen the Storm through to the knockout stages of the Cup, but it wasn't to be as the Panthers ran out 5-4 winners. And that means that despite, believe it or not, there's still two group games left in November, uh, we now know the last date of the Challenge Cup. So your Belfast Giants will be joined by the Fife Flyers, Dundee Stars, Cardiff Devils, Coventry Blaze, uh, Guilford Flames, Sheffield Steelers and Nottingham Panthers with the Storm and the Clan missing out. Uh, Revolving Door was in action today, chaps. Uh, there were three mm-hmm. outgoings in Dundee this week as Jeff Mason rang the changes. Um, firstly, captain Fabrizio Ricci has parted company with the Stars and moved to the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, Mace said, obviously, this was not an easy decision for either party to make, but I feel that it is a good opportunity for both the club and Fab to move in a different direction. Um, I think very highly of him and I wish him, uh, I thank, sorry, thank him for his commitment to the club, wish him nothing but success in the future. Um, and then goaltender Francis Marat and defenseman uh, Devin Daniels were released, with Mace saying, We recognize as a club that we are not where we would like to be and are working tirelessly to correct that. We are currently in talks with players, and as soon as contracts are finalized, we will get these announcements out to the public. We have every intention on getting back to 14 imports as quickly as possible. We're rolling over tonight, but uh, any thoughts on Dundee ringing the changes? Our good friend Jeff Mason. Has, has Richie been announced for the uh, for Nottingham Panthers? Believe so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I think that I don't think that's uh, I don't think the Richie one going to Nottingham Panthers is, it would be him ringing the changes. I think that you know where uh, that that's a strange one to be moved out i think he's a great player as well i think that it'd be interesting to see who how this 
dollars will go without him because I like him as a player. It'd be a good pickup if that's where he's gone, the Nottingham Panthers. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, the stars have to change something. They're having they're they're, they're blanking left, right, and center, and they have to. You know, as so much as we like, as much as we love Jeff Mason and that, you know, a, a fantastic servant to our club, both on and off the ice. I think that it's uh, it's um, going to be difficult. He needs to really change things around before. You know, we've seen in this league teams start to drop off, and and the league or just playoff qualification gets away from them, and they and they don't get back. You have me absolutely terrified there, but I've just looked at the Nottingham Panthers website and he has been announced. So, well, has been announced. It, yeah, that's all right. Woo! Just Thanks, something, Barry. just something that was discussed earlier, Davey. <laughs> he is on the Panthers website. Um, if we have no more thoughts on that, on to Dops. Uh, Dops is fine. Manchester Storms <laughs> number fourteen, Chase Ruddy, and eleven Cameron Critchlow following that game uh, against the Steelers. Uh, Ruddy's fine for uh, fighting aggressor and instigator after eight seconds. Critchlow is fined for instigating secondary altercation at the 35-minute mark, and both right. of those can incidents will be kept on the player's record. A shake of the head from Davy here, but I am going to come in and say that I, my opinion of what oh, yes. Ruddy did, I thought it was a bit wrong. You know what I mean? You, the, the puck goes out to, to Davy Phillips in the in the right-hand corner, and Ruddy's just coming at him eight seconds into the game. Now, there's talk that he was that at the face-off. It was offered to Davy, and he said no, but you know, it doesn't just end there. Surely there has to be a point where you have to offer and offer and offer and then no choice him rather than just go, right, mate, I'm going in for a mugging. Mm-hmm. No? Offered him the face-off. You know what's coming, son. I'm lined up against you. Do you want to go? No? All right. Then you're going. <laughs> you, you, heard, you heard his coach say that they were disappointed with the team reaction now, perhaps they yeah, didn't realize. I thought that was an interesting comment. It, it's Orville. It's their top player. He's the top scorer in the league, I think, at the time. Yep. We, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We looked at the head again and again, and we tried to mitigate. There was no mitigation for it. It was a bad hit. Take their medicine. He's, he's, he's served his sentence with Dobbs. He's paid his fine. Um, you always get a bit of retribution in hockey. I don't think that'll ever go out of the game. Um, and he's been, you know, Davy Phillips has to have known when he lined up there that this is coming. This isn't, this is, not a state secret that this was going to happen. Um, sometimes you got to pay a piper, and you know the probably the the best thing out of it was that Davy Phillips didn't end up taking a penalty from the Sheffield Steers' point of view. You know, so turtle take a mugging, whatever you want to call it. You know, they came away with a power play. Ruddy's out of the game after eight seconds. They're short bench the rest of the game. So really, who won? Who lost? There were a few incidents later in that game. I'm surprised there mm. weren't more looked at. There was a point where Davy Phillips comes in, sort of third man in, and uh, he sort of gets away with it. He shoves with it. It was a really bad-tempered, rough game where a lot of players could have got... In fact, I'm just saying there's a comment from Dave McAleese on, on that on that very thing. What about later in the game when Davy and Dowdy jumping in third and fourth fourth later in, in the fight? It, 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 there were some things on both sides that I thought the Dops would have looked at, but obviously not. Just these two gents. Chris was the captain as well, isn't he? I believe so. And finally, uh, your via play slash via play Elite League game of the week is Wednesday night. Uh, so tonight, if you're listening to this tomorrow, tomorrow if you're listening to this tonight, as uh, 7.30 yes, at 7.30. 7.30 if you're listening to <laughs> <laughs> He's right, you know. Last week, PM. last week, <laughs> next week. I messed up. You're listening one. to a view from the bridge. <laughs> uh, Wednesday night at 7:30 p.m. as the Sheffield Steelers host the Coventry Blaze. Join our good friend Aaron Murphy and Co for that one. And that's your news, Patrick. 
it's a I've, I've logged into it, a new via play via play via play. I'm going to ask Murph. So yeah, can we find out, please? I'm sick. They've got a, they've got a, they've got a new thing on the on Amazon TV on the Amazon Fire Stick that you can log into. It's actually quite a nice, um, quite a nice platform. So uh, interesting to see what they get from that. A lot of uh, Scandi Noir TV on that as well. If you like things like the Bridge or whatever that sort of stuff is, you know the the dark stuff, Nordic stuff. Loads of that on there to watch if you're into that. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you like hockey and like Nordic noir, then, 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 then this is for you. Yeah, I call, I call those the big it. two. That's the big two. You're gonna nail it. You're gonna nail it. Thanks, Joel. Um, Davy, I'm going to. Yeah. What, are you looking into something? Oh, what is that? It's a viaduct. It's a viaduct. It's a viaduct. Then it's via play. <laughs> do you know what do you know what lessons fair play, fair play. lessons i'll give them that. well you say that but in latin the word for street is via how is it so, spelled v-i-a uh, that's, that's my latin gcse coming in i could be wrong actually so, i think give me a dab up <laughs> <laughs> what do i have a latin gcse i actually do have a latin gcse oh don't doubt you i can in pictoria's puella nominate <laughs> also have latin sumis des, sumis des from the bridge official podcast <laughs> in Belfast, yes. uh david i'm going to leave the question on the toughest player to next week because we're now around 15 in but we oh, will wow. get to it the guy who asked that question we will get to that um, the two games this weekend, of course, we've just spoken about the Man- uh, Manchester Storm versus the Belfast Giants on Friday night. Uh, Planet Ice Altrincham at 7.30. If you can't get down to that, you can watch it on Storm TV with John O'Board. And then on Saturday at 7pm, Nottingham Panthers versus the Belfast Giants at the NIC. And if you're not getting down to that, you can watch that on Panthers TV with John O'Board. John O'Board. Yeah. What you said during the week somebody else was doing Storm now. JJ Fernley had been doing it, but John has been doing it. John oh, John's doing it last weekend. weekend. And then um and he he sent me a message earlier this week, just asked a couple of questions because he's doing it on Friday. And uh, he's also doing Saturday's game. So he's seen a lot of the Belfast Giants. He loves it. The uh Nottingham Panthers, Davey, any thoughts? No, didn't think so. Didn't think so. <laughs> Interesting to see how it goes there because the consistency of the Nottingham Panthers has been up and down. They've been losing some games and, and sort of beating beating Cardiff in Cardiff, but losing to Cardiff at home. And you know they don't seem to be getting that consistency. And now they're bringing in now they're bringing players in like so Ricci, the uh, to, to sort of find that secondary goal scoring, I guess, or trying to find primary goal scoring. And I know that during the week they sort of it was in the cup game they blooded their young eighteen year old goalkeeper. It was a bit of a, it was a nice little touch. I saw an interview with Jono. I think it was Jono. Um, sort of after that game, which was nice to see. But uh, yeah, the game against Nottingham Panthers on Saturday at seven pm. That's what we stuff them. Any other business, boys? Nothing for me tonight. David. Nothing. No. Well, I've got one thing, and that's just a bit. I want to shout out to the um, the Irish girls who are playing in the Development Cup oh, yes, out in Kuwait. I know we've got a, a oh. comment here from our good friend Richard Stagg saying, "You'll be congratulations to Caitlin Morrison, Modrian, the the, the the player of the match for Team Ooh. Ireland." And they, uh, they, I think, I'm just, I know our also our good friend in goal, Sarah McFarland, who we've known for many, many years. Of the Giants, you often see her down there by the by the Belfast Giants tunnel. She's in goals for for Team Ireland in this Development Cup. Um, they lost the first game five four to Luxembourg, and I 
thing. I'm just scrolling up here. There's lots of like uh, they lost the, the game five, seven, three to Colombia, Colombia, Luxembourg, Kuwait, UAE, and Ireland. What a lineup for ice hockey. Not, none of which are ice hockey strongholds, but uh, but a fantastic experience to go out to Kuwait and play in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Fantastic to see the Caitlin's getting the, the player of the match award for that, and, and good luck to them. And you can tell that I'm a much more animated person talking about Team Ireland than I am talking about Team D-Day. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> well, we, should, we should probably, while we're on there, we should give a bit of a shout to Glover. Who's yeah. out there oh, coaching yes. the the um, out in Buenos Aires? Um, Those boys on wheels. So good luck to them. I forgot about that, and um, I sent them a message on Sunday, basically panically saying, "Mate, the view from the bridge uh, of Player of the Month award needs presented." <laughs> and what did he do, Paddy? He sorted it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sorted it. He says, he I'm, I may be in Buenos Aires, but boop, 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 yeah, it's sorted. Baller. And I, saw, I, I was actually watching from home and I saw the, the, I saw the trophy on the uh, on the bench and I was like, yes, Glover, go for it. <laughs> so yeah, good luck to those guys. Um, right, oh, congratulations to Carl Rattle who did her um, her abseiling, wasn't it, for, for charity the other day and she was tweeting us about that. Congratulations to her. Right, we're going to wrap it up, boys, an hour and 20 into this show. Uh, your two games to the Belfast Giants, as we say, Friday at 7.30 away to the Manchester Storm. You get that on Storm TV and on Saturday at 7pm away to the Nottingham Panthers. You can get that on Panthers TV. Big thanks to Matt Ginn, Steve Ari, and of course to Adam Keefe for joining us on this bumper show. Um, big thanks to everybody who's got involved sending in messages, sending in your tweets and, your, and joining us live on the show um big thanks to you davy and to you joe thanks boys see you next tuesday and, and uh, see you next tuesday the um <clears throat> shake of the head joe uh if you can get us of course on twitter on facebook on youtube on kingdomofthegiants.com we didn't receive any emails davy oh uh, come on no, email davy so email davy podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com if you want to send us in an email uh, everybody that everybody that sends an email, everybody that sends an email, I will put in a draw for a Colin Shales testimonial T-shirt. No, you everybody. Not. It was going well till T-shirt. <laughs> I now, now I have to set up. Now I have to set up of an email filter for all these bloody email emails. Davey. Get Davy emailed. Email what in in the uh, in the in the subject? Uh, just say Davy's email. Hashtag Davy's email. <laughs> no, say cool stuff no, uh, in the an interesting fact. Send an interesting fact. An interesting fact about themselves or the Belfast Giants? Or about viaducts. I don't care what the interesting fact is. We're not going to read them. <laughs> Send an interesting fact about viaducts. You're yeah. listening to a view from the viaduct. Can we go home yeah. now? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, Center on home. Uh, big thanks to everybody. And uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. Viaduct. Sports Social Podcast Network.